0: You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Usler, and Joe DeSantis. An all access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball.
1: Well, hello again, and glad to be back with you, Stags fans. We welcome you to Open Court with Jay Young, your Fairfield University basketball podcast, starring the soon to be second year head coach of the Stags. I'm Bob Huesler joined by coach Young and my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and uh, we're all brought together by the magic of zoom coach. Uh, Do you have any idea what zoom was before uh,
2: all the craziness descended upon us Absolutely none whatsoever so uh, I've become a quick expert. I think every coach in the country probably has in what Zoom is. The things what do you can- think when we finally get this thing back together? Maybe that would make a
1: nice name for an inbounds play. Let's run the room.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Well, oh,
1: this you. is this is a special edition of Open Court. Uh we had planned to conduct the podcast the week after the Mac tournament. And of course, due to the pandemic, things got a little off track for everybody, and obviously they remained off track, but uh You want to get down to it and discuss uh, this past Fairfield season and the present and the future, all this as it relates to Stags basketball. So, Coach, talking about the present means only one thing right now, and that is how are you and your family and your extended Fairfield family doing in terms of health? How
2: is everybody? Yeah, uh, thanks, Bob, and I appreciate you guys uh, uh, having me on again. And, uh, yeah, everybody's good. Luckily, I feel very blessed that um, you know everybody's healthy from from this end, and uh, you know continue to kind of uh, seek all the guidelines. and, and uh, my mother in law lives with us, and she's 87, so we're certainly careful with, with her and with everybody else. So we're uh, we're doing fine, and I hope um, you know you guys, your families are well too. Everything is good here. How about you, Joe?
0: Yeah, everything's good. I uh, my two daughters who live in the city. Back when the thing uh, became a real problem, they took off for five weeks in Florida to stay at my in-laws, which I thought was a great move. Um, New York City has become really, really bad, as we know. So uh, they actually drove back uh, for Easter and been with us. So uh, we're all good here. And um,
1: uh, thank God for that. Right. Yeah. And um, the Fairfield basketball family, coach, um, everybody okay?
2: everybody's good we're checking in with everybody constantly um and everybody's you know uh knock on wood been good so far so uh just trying to get through this and just kind of been telling everybody keep things in perspective we're missing basketball but certainly there are much more serious things going on out there and uh and trying to keep that in mind
1: no doubt that's uh that's a theme throughout everything uh we're going to be doing today and uh, actually i'll give you just a quick hit a hint that this is going to be the first of two podcasts we're going to be doing in the near future. But let's get into it, Coach, and um, let, let's start by talking about the finish to the season. And I have to imagine that was as surreal an experience you've ever had as as a coach, talking about the MAC tournament, which ended for you with a loss to Manhattan. But that kind of got washed away by the events That followed. So, I wanted to ask you where you were when you learned that the MAC tournament had uh, been canceled. Something that I don't think anybody had been able to foresee, even like a week before the MAC tournament began. It kind of hit everybody like a tidal wave, didn't it?
2: It did, yeah. I was at home. um, Ironically, I I was pretty sick. Uh, I I got, um, and I was tested because one of the referees in our game. Uh, tested positive for coronavirus virus. and I was pretty sick during our game with uh, with cough and not feeling well. So we got home on Tuesday night. I just kind of hung around the house on Wednesday and uh, you know, was in in bed, out of bed, uh, not feeling well. And then Thursday, I was gonna watch Rutgers uh, play uh, in the first round of the Big Ten tournament on TV. It was like a noon game. And the NBA season, you know, they, they suspended it the night before. And I was starting to get that feeling that something uh, crazy was going to happen. And I was watching the Rutgers guys just kind of warm up. And and the announcers speaking in the background, I saw both teams leave the floor. And right then I thought to myself, this thing's going to get canceled. And then once that happened, the dominoes started. And it was just a matter of time with all the conferences doing it that I felt the MAC was going to do. And, and And they did. So, yeah, it was really – I mean, I think for everybody, just a, a really strange period um to watch this happen and unfold in front of you. Let me ask you, just because you
1: mentioned it, coach, do you uh do you ever think that maybe you did actually
2: have the virus? Um, when I got tested, I was feeling pretty good. So whatever I had had come and gone. Um, so I there was some uh thought of that uh, and I was being pretty careful about not getting around people because I had a really bad cough. That was part of it. The cough was yeah. bad. Yeah. But I went about, uh, 10 days after that and the testing w- wasn't available right when I, when I was feeling sick. Uh, it was this kind of thing. It just broke. So, um, fortunately it was just, you know, cold cough, that type of thing. And it wasn't anything more serious than that. But, uh, yeah, it does pass your mind, especially, you know, you got a couple of symptoms and, and then you get word that one of the referees who did your game, right. you know, subsequently tested positive.
0: Going back to your team, you have some foreign kids on the team. Were, were they able to get home? Where are they staying? Are they on campus?
2: Yeah, a little bit of everything, Joe. So some are on campus, uh, some went with friends or that type of thing. Um uh, and, but a couple of guys are still on campus, and, and Fairfield's done an unbelievable job of, of accommodating everybody and making sure everybody is safe uh, and healthy, and providing meals and all the support that those um, international kids need. But we do have a couple of guys still on campus.
1: What were what was the communication between you and your coaches and and um, the players
2: when the word first broke about the MAC tournament getting canceled, Coach? Well, you know, it was was funny, uh, Bob. So we get off the bus. I guess we pulled around into campus around sometime around midnight or so, a little after that. And all the way home, I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, okay, uh, I'm ready to get to work here already. You know, a, a year ago I had just gotten the job. And, you know, you watch film on guys and you watch film on the league. But I was so much more aware of where we needed to go, what our strengths and weaknesses were. Uh, what we needed to improve and obviously after living with the team for a year and just really excited about getting back in the gym so uh, when the bus pulled in we we met for a few minutes and it was spring break and some guys were going to go home and uh, I said to him okay we'll be back Sunday night and Monday we'll have a meeting and start doing kind of the end of the year evaluations and then we're going to get we're going to get work and we're going to start on individual instruction and and get to work. And I haven't seen the guys since other than what we're doing now on zoom meetings. So, um, uh, you know, the Mac tournament kind of unfolded, we were exchanging texts. And at that point I forget what the date was, Bob, but school was postponed. Uh, but it was only till like, I want to say, uh, March 30th, maybe I forget what the original date. That, that mm-hmm. So there was some thought, well, okay, this could be for a few weeks. And then, you know, hopefully it'll break and, and get back on and we can all get back to work. It'll only be a couple week delay. But obviously, you know, that isn't the case. And, and um, you know, so it, it was it was really just like I said, a surreal time where you, you thought I was anxious to get back to work with the guys and get in the gym. And and uh, now it's, you know, Zoom calls and, and, and uh, you know, checking in, trying to see if they they can get outside and run, if they can do push-ups, all that stuff in their own <laughs> in their own uh, living rooms or, or, or garages or whatever they have. And so as far as your job is being done right now, I mean,
1: you don't get in the car anymore and and drive to campus. Everything is pretty much done from
2: the home office, isn't it? Yeah. I go down in the morning and we do a lot of zoom stuff with recruiting and uh, checking in on the guys and trying to stay busy. I, I do think college coaches in general have done a pretty good job with some professional development stuff during this time. And, probably you'd have a little time to do some of the stuff that you haven't done in the past. So I've been on quite a few um, Zoom calls with other coaches just discussing ways to improve as coaches, improve your team, what are they doing during this time, exchanging ideas, uh, doing a little reading that I wanted to do and get caught up on and, um, you know, checking in on the guys. So, so I've been – honestly, I've been pretty busy and trying to stay pretty busy and active, and uh, we're making the most of it. Joe, uh, as a former coach, I want you to chime in
1: on this as well. Recruiting, Coach Young, is now obviously done through film tape. I mean, I can you can't do in person. You can't bring—you can't look at these guys up close at this point, or talk to them up close. Um, how much do you lose, or maybe on the flip side, what are some of the things that maybe you can gain by uh, film use? I know that you're actually encouraging. I know a lot of coaches. I think you're included in this, encouraging players maybe to send you more of that stuff stuff on film. How does that change the scope of your job?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, we were fortunate, Bob, that we we signed a, a freshman early. I, I mean, a, a, a senior in high school early so will be an incoming fresh freshman. And Jalen Leeds just signed with us in the spring, but we had. Uh, seen him play several times live and he had been to campus, I think twice already. So we were, for, and that was certainly an advantage for us when this whole thing broke because the other schools that he was considering, some of those he hadn't visited or, and wouldn't have the opportunity to. So we were fortunate in that regard that, you know, we had already had a, um, a couple guys that we, we had good relationships with and seen play several times. Uh, but yeah for guys that you haven't seen play there are you know there was that spring evaluation period that now that's been wiped out that you you know most coaches would take advantage of that that you can't so we are asking them to send uh, film to us uh, we're involved with some transfers so that's a little easy because all their film is already on synergy um, and you get a chance to look at it but it's it's a unique time where we are spending a lot of time just kind of evaluating films and trying to get, you know, as much background information on their character and and uh, and all that type of stuff. So, I think every coach is just doing the same thing: is is really just trying to evaluate as much as possible by film.
0: You know, it is um, also it's a two way street. It's a it's a problem for a kid. You know, when you're recruiting kids, you're always telling them, especially if you've been on them all year, go with the team that's been that you know the best, the program, the coach. And all of a sudden, that time pretty much has. Has, has evaporated kids can't do their homework either so uh i think a lot of kids are gonna you know be making decisions of not having all their cards or no or not having all their ducks in a row so i think it's uh it's a struggle for both coaches and players uh trying to
2: you know get the right kid or pick the right school yeah there's no question joe we you know and fortunately we <coughs> had some relationships with these guys before so our you know, our first phone call to them or our first time uh, seeing them wasn't just on film. Uh, but if that happens, yeah, there's not a lot you can do. You got to have to, you know, either go on synergy or watch watch film from what they and what they've sent you and try and do the best job that you can.
1: Well, let's get into the season, Coach. Um, kinds of things we would have talked about in that week, uh, as you said, you were ready to get to work there after. Uh, the MAC tournament lost to Manhattan, so let's let's start with the highlights. Uh, what, what for you were the highlights of this past Fairfield season?
2: You know, uh, we certainly had some really good moments, uh, both in conference and out of conference. Certainly, the win down in Florida over Texas A&M stands out because it was uh, you know, over a Power Five conference, and and they went on to have a good season. Yeah, um, and then you know when we got to conference. Uh, the win at Mammoth when they were in first place, uh, you know, coming back from Niagara when we were down 19 at one point, I think in the second half and beating them. So, so the, those are the games that stand out. But honestly, Bob, the highlight for me was just kind of every day being the head coach at Fairfield. I had waited a long time to get an opportunity and just coming into campus every single day and working with these guys and getting to be in the gym and, and getting to run my own program. It was just a real joy for me. So, there was some very great, there was some very good individual moments, you know, for team wins and that type of thing. But when I think back about the season, it's not so much about that. It's just the, uh, the everyday interaction, the everyday, uh, joy I had a coaching this group.
1: What, what was the best unanticipated surprise on your first year as a Fairfield coach?
2: Pleasant well, surprise. Yeah. Um, I thought I was just how the kids accepted me and the guys who had been here before in the program. Um, I was a little, um, I don't know if the uneasy is the right word, but you know, skeptical, you come in, they, they had been recruited by another coach and, uh, uh, a coach that they genuinely liked and, and, and respected and cared about. And you're always worried about how that transition is going to be with the guys that are left in the program, but they were terrific. Um, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that and how much they made my job easier. So uh, I I think there was probably some trepidation on my part with that and just their overall attitude and, and how much they welcomed me. And um, you know, like, like I said, it just, it just made my job so much easier to deal uh, with those guys just the way that they, they accepted and bought into what we were trying to do.
1: And the the flip side of that coin would be what would, be, they say, the biggest unanticipated challenge that you encountered
2: in your first year? Probably patience. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, it's something I certainly got to work on. <laughs> um, uh, I, always, I used to joke about this, but, you know, when you're an assistant, I was an assistant for 14 years. And not that, not that uh, when you lose a game, it doesn't hurt or you're not affected by it, but it's a completely different feeling when it's your program. Uh, and I used to I used to tell Steve Peichel this when he, he'd he call me all the time and say, how do you, and I say, I love it. Uh, but I did like it a lot better when the losses went on your record instead of mine. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just think that part of it, it's just the feeling, Bob, uh, when you don't play as well as you, you think you should, or you feel that you're, kind of let the guys down in some points or you should have done a better job calling an out a balance play or, a, or a lineup. You just, you just analyze everything so much more from that perspective than you do when you, when you were an assistant. Jay, where do you think your team improved the most? I, You know, I, I think, you know, certainly from the defense and rebounding statistic, we, I think we weren't up, made a jump about 70 points um, in overall efficiency. So, those those two things, you know, jump out at you, and the guy's doing a good job on that end of the floor. Um, so I would say that, Joe, just just those areas. We got to you know so much that we need to get better at, I'm aware of, and and even in those ends, we got to be more consistent. But um, I, I would think just those two things: the way we rebounded the ball and the way we defended it every single night.
0: So you you kind of answered the question already um, when your season ended and you're ready to get started. You you, you feel that this year, this past season has motivated you now that you know the league and you know, you know what to do and you feel better? I mean, you've been a head coach before, so it's not your first year, but you feel motivated and more familiar with
2: what you think your next team can accomplish? I do. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about this all the way back from Atlantic City, just, you know, uh, like I said, how much uh, smarter, I guess, or, or, or more aware of where we needed to go than I was when I took the job and felt that I had uh, more direction, more of a plan now. And I'm always thinking, you know, those, those jumps that you want those guys to make during the summer, and how can we make those significant jumps? Um, that was going through my mind, you know, certainly all, all the way back. And then, you know, not to have it happen. And I think about that a lot, like a guy like Chris uh, – Mido, who we wanted to put in weight and what's he losing in the weight room right now and being around this, you know, could he have made that great jump to where he'd be, where he could be an elite player in this league. Um, so that's, that's the frustrating part with all this. I was just really, and all of the coaches were looking forward to kind of getting back work with these guys. But I do feel, I don't, I don't know if you felt that way, Joe, between year one and two, just you're so much more aware of the league, the coaches, the style of play and what your guys' weaknesses are, that you just feel that you're, You've got a better vision of where you need to go.
0: Well, I I felt relieved when the season was over, Jay, because that was actually my first time I had ever been a head coach. And I really didn't know how to act at all in terms of how I coached, how I treated the referees. It was like I thought I had to do everything, you know. So uh, yeah. it actually took me a couple of three years. And, and to be honest with you, this will never happen <laughs> But if I ever got back to coaching, I'd be much better coach now than I was sure. when I got fired. Yeah. So, uh, but um, there's no – you know, cliche, there's no substitute for experience, no doubt.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Coach, I wanted to ask you about uh, departing personnel, give you a chance to uh, talk about what uh, Itis meant to the program and uh, Landon tally affair. It's always a sad moment when the season ends and you have players who have uh, – taking part in their last games as a Fairfield Stags. Uh, Those guys both did a pretty darn good job for you this year, didn't they?
2: They did. Uh, Bob, they fought every game. Um, uh, You know, it was new for them. I think some of the defensive stuff, and concepts that we were um, putting in and they gave a great effort. I can never fault them on that. can't, when we threw it up and every practice they came prepared. And, and, you know, in Ida's case, I think he played the whole season hurt. He really did. Mm -hmm. He was never really um, 100%. The hips were bothering him. He had this, you know, surgery in the offseason. And he was just kind of never the same. He he gave it everything he had, um, competed for us, and the same thing with Landon. So really proud of those guys. Um, You know, feel terrible for all the guys that they don't, you know, get the rewards of being back on campus now for graduation for, you know, the last couple of months that they can be around the program to have the senior banquets, all the stuff that goes with, you know, graduating. So I feel really bad for those guys, especially, but uh, both guys, um, you know, again, can't thank them enough for what they meant to me and and to the program this past year. Do you have a, can you tell
1: us about the future plans for both of those guys?
2: You know, I, I, I and I'm not sure with itis he's, you know, he's still kind of nursing the injury and, and, um, I think he wants to continue playing, but he's also interested in going to grad school and, and, you know, uh, maybe pursuing that avenue. So that, that with itis is really going to be, uh, you know, more determined upon his health than anything else and how good he feels. And Landon wants to play overseas, play professionally. Uh, he's in the process of signing with an agent. I believe I talked to him last week and, uh, you know, it's just it's such an unknown time for that market, too, because when are they going to play again? What's their season going to look like? What's the financial ramifications for these things overseas with money? So, you know, for for all those people, all those seniors that are in landing situation, I think the European market is is really um, in flux right now, too. So just kind of he's kind of waiting out to see what happens. Yeah, we wish
1: both of those guys uh, the best of luck. And, of course, Landon will always have a piece of Fairfield history. Uh, it may be a while. I know you hope it doesn't take too long, but it'll be a while maybe before somebody comes along and wearing a Fairfield uniform and knocks down as many as uh, 10 three-pointers in a single game, as he did, of course, uh, against Texas A&M. Two players are transferring, Wasif. And, and Omar, what can you share with us about the things that led to their
2: respect for decisions? Yeah, re- really just um, a combination of, of, you know, their role in the program, what they felt, um, what I felt it was going to be, what they wanted their role to be. And again, it, it, was, uh, it, it was a very, uh, you know, there's no acrimony. They're, they're two great kids, two great mm-hmm. kids. And uh, we just wanted them to be happy. They wanted to be happy in a situation where they wanted a little more role in the program. And uh, you know, we just came to the conclusion with both of those guys that that we thought it might be best to move on. And and uh, again, you know, uh, I tell this to everybody. Those those guys, uh, Wasif, Omar, and Kevin too. uh, Three great kids who, uh, you know, worked their tails off this year, and I appreciate everything, and I wish them the best. I'm, I am I told all three of these, I'm, I'm going to work as hard as I can to find those guys good situations where they're happy and they can contribute to the success of the program. Can you give uh, – we know uh, Wasif
1: transferring to Central Connecticut. Is that as accurate? Yes, yes. How about
2: uh, the other two? They're still in the process of kind of figuring out. They've got some things going on, and I – I think they're going to – you know, the last time I talked to him, I think it was Omar a couple days ago, when Kevin – Kevin's gone back to Sweden now, so uh, uh, he's back with his family. So they were in the process of trying to trying to figure that out now.
1: And you have somebody back who just recently, as a week ago, you weren't sure you'd have back. We're talking about Vincent Easy. Uh, he has been granted that year of eligibility. He'll be back as a stag again. Uh, the NCAA granted him that year. And I wanted to ask you, um, when did you, when did you exactly find out and how did you communicate it to Vincent? And what was the reaction?
2: I found out, uh, Monday or Tuesday of this week. So we knew it was going to, you know, we had put in the appeal and Justin Bell did a great job with that. Our, our, our uh, directive compliance, working with Vince and working with uh, everybody and getting all the information into the NCAA. So I want to thank him for all his hard work. But I found out this week. We knew it was going to go. We thought maybe next week that they would see it, and then uh, they got to it. I think Tuesday. I got the call right afterwards, and uh, I, I called Vince and I said, "You know, Vince," and, and we he knew that his PO uh, was being heard, and I said to him, "I, uh, I got some bad news for you." And he said, "Oh no, what?" I said, "Yeah, you're going to have to be around me for another year." So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I told it to him. And, and ironically, we we do a, a team meeting every week on Zoom, and that was. Uh, So it was Wednesday. It was last week Wednesday. So uh, we did the team meeting at five o'clock and and kind of, he was on, he was there obviously in the zoom meeting and, you know, it was a good moment for all of us to have Vince back and everybody, everybody was real happy for, for him and for our program.
1: That must be a a unique experience. A team meeting on zoom. Uh, Walk
2: us through one of those team meetings on zoom. How does that work? (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of like we're doing now. Uh well, we, we, we have a code, everybody logs on at, uh, on Wednesdays and, um, we just discuss any, any business, mostly academics to kind of keep track of the guys. Of course, yeah. we've got 13 guys who are all doing great. That's what they tell us every time. <laughs> uh, and, um, just discuss anything that's going on, see how they're doing. Uh, and then we started, you know, uh, Paul Schlickman joined us this last week as part of the meeting just to kind of give an update on everything. And now we're going to, we're going to start bringing in other guests. Uh, so ironically, uh, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN is a friend of mine. He's going to join us today at five and uh, that'll be fun. Nice. For the-
1: yeah. Nice. yeah.
2: Joe, um, you
1: ever, you ever think we'd be talking about the day that maybe you'd be doing a, a team meeting on, uh, on Zoom and anything you ever go down that road when you're a,
0: Oh, I I This this whole period has been like Twilight Zone, Bob. I mean, it's, <laughs> if if you would have told us, uh, somebody would have told us this was happening back when we were uh, 18 years old, we would have
1: been like, you watch too much TV. <laughs> Crazy. Well, the um, team meetings also include, Coach, a couple of guys who have been on deck for you all season long Have been practicing with the team. And, now uh, they're looking forward to their first season as a Stags, and talking about, of course, Caleb Green and uh, Chef Gala who uh, will now be eligible after transferring into the program. And, uh, you know, Joe has, and I have seen him at practice, and of course, you've been working with them. And why don't you give our uh, listeners an idea of what they're going to bring to the Fairfield program?
2: Yeah, I'm excited to have both those guys, obviously, and, uh, you know, when I got here last year, um, just kind of decided to, you know, uh, really take a look at long-term what was best for the program, and we looked at a lot of transfers, and uh, Chef came first, Uh, had a relationship with Chef as AAU coach, and uh, Gio Baker, who played for us at Rutgers, was all on that same AAU program so he was leaving st bonnie's he was one of the first guys that that committed to us and uh had a chance to see him play a lot in the au season and follow kind of his career and just knew that it, he was a you know high energy athletic combo forward um and his the physical aspect of chef uh is elite he's an elite athlete and uh just wanted to really kind of spend this this red shirt year working on his skill level and uh I thought he did a really good job with his red shirt year, uh, putting in the time in the gym. And we had a uh, meeting with him. We've been doing these individual meetings via Zoom too all the time. Had a great meeting with him the other day. I think he's in a good place. Um, he can play multiple positions, guard multiple guys. Uh, I can see him playing anywhere three through five next year and having the ability to, to guard those guys. And, and, you know, my message to him last year, uh, last at our end of the season kind of evaluation that we did with him the other day, was that I think he could, you know, lead this conference in rebounding. And that's that's what he, his goal should be. Because he's got the ability, he's got great quickness, good anticipation. Uh, and if we can get his motor going all the time to, to where that's something that he wants to do, uh, then he could be an elite rebounder. So I'm excited to have him for sure. And um, you know Caleb is is kind of everything that you've guys have seen in practice. Um, he's a true point guard. He Kind of wakes up every morning thinking about getting his teammates better, which is unique nowadays. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pass first type of guy. And and what I think what sets him apart, Bob and Joe, is just his leadership ability. I, I don't I don't know if I've been a, around a guy uh, in thirty plus years of coaching who just kind of exhibits more and and does it every day by his actions leadership and caleb does is i think that we throw that word around a lot leadership and and you know he's he's really a a, you know what exemplifies a great leader and and that's what i'm looking for you know i say this all the time he was three days on he missed the summer last year first because he committed late to us and we were already in the middle of our second summer session so he didn't come till september he was three days on campus and it was like he had been there three months, you know, just organizing everybody and, and, you know, telling guys where to go and organizing pickup games. And so uh, I can't wait to get both those guys on the floor and and start to work with them again. But I think that, you know, the, the, we're certainly, you know, excited to have them. And I think, uh, you know, all the Fairfield fans will love seeing both these guys compete. Yeah. You, you, you,
0: you kind of answered, um, my question, um, Caleb. Obviously, we know is a true point guard. Chef, you said he could play three, four, five, and he's a great rebounder, can guard. You sit back and you close your eyes. Where do you see him scoring? Is a three point threat? Can he play off the dribble? Is he, a, is he a garbage guy? How do you? You struggled offensively last year. We all know that. How does right. he help you? What,
2: what do you dream about him helping you offensively? How? I think, you know, a little bit of all of those things, the three for chef has to be a part of his repertoire, but uh, that's certainly, I wouldn't label him that he, he's capable of making a three and uh, I think defenses have to respect him because he's going to make enough where you got to go out there. But it's funny, Joe, when he was on the scout team, uh, which is, you know, you're, you're pretending to be the other guys, the the team that you're playing. Uh, and we put him around the basket. Anytime we put him, you know, within a four foot area around the basket uh, to emulate the other team's post player or, or an inside guy, he was really dominant in practice. He really was. So uh, he's, he and Caleb have a really good synergy together because they've been playing so long. You could see that every day. So I love him in pick and rolls. I love him in transition because you can just throw it up anywhere around the rim, but he's more driver around the basket slasher than he is three point shooter, but he's capable of making them. He's just, I think, you know, he's got to. We've talked a lot about this, is that's got to be a part of his repertoire, but it's certainly, uh, you know, I would say it's the least part of what he, what he should be doing to score. So a little bit of all those things, I, you know, him in transition, because he's got great speed and great athletic ability, I think can be exciting. And, and to watch those two in practice play off each other uh, is really kind of special.
1: Coach, a little off the Fairfield track here, but we're talking about Caleb and, and Chef, and they're both transfers into the program. The budgie here is that it looks like the transfer rule may very well be changing, that you're going to get instant eligibility for transfers maybe in the very near future. Just as a Division I head coach, wanted to get your thoughts on that, how, especially at the mid-major level. Uh, from your perspective, um, how are things going to change? How is it going to change things from where you sit? And Are you in favor of it or maybe not so much in favor of it?
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in favor of it. Um, I, I just think that, uh, for a couple reasons. Um, I think for, first for roster management. You know, to have 13 guys eligible to play on your roster is just going to add to the transfer epidemic already. That you're not going to be able to can uh, keep 13 guys happy with playing time. Yeah. Uh, so, so to have guys sitting out and to have guys who. Uh, you know, aren't able to check in the games actually helps you with retention. And the the other part of it is, you know, simply uh, I I just think that the mid-major level is going to somehow become a farm system for high-major schools, that they're going to start to recruit fewer high school kids, and they'll just, you know, go down to mid-major levels and and start to pluck your guys. You see it anyway, what's happening with the number of players that are leaving. Um, mama just last, lost a good player yesterday so um, I I just don't think I, I don't know what the the uh, I, and it's coming it's 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 coming so I got to wrap my head around that but you know if, if a player leaves and he has to sit out a year um, I don't know really what the downside of that is other than he has to wait a year to play I don't think it's a big downside I look at what happened with Jeff and Caleb this year and I thought it was a positive I really did now obviously for my own selfish reasons I would have liked to have both those guys out on the court but for their development and their progression, I think it was very good for him to sit out a year. So uh, I'm not in favor of the rule, but I do feel, Bob, that it's coming. It's just a matter of whether it's going to get passed this year or next year, okay. and uh, I think that's what you're going to see. I I
0: was telling Bob yesterday, half jokingly, I said I think the NSA is just tired of like reviewing cases. Yep. Who who's granted another year of transfer? What's the What, what is the NCAA, Bob? I didn't. We I actually didn't ask you. What is the, the N.C.A.'s reason for – because I'm not in favor of it either. I think it's chaos. I, I'm going to laugh when I see a kid leave a school, go somewhere for a year, and then come back to the school he mm-hmm. left originally. So what was the reason for the NCAA to, to pass this rule? I think just what you said,
2: uh, Joe, is that they, they opened up Pandora's box by getting into the waiver business, and they were being overwhelmed with wai- waivers, and really uh, mm. they want to get out of that. Now my simple suggestion to that would be don't allow any waivers just say you yeah. can't get them that you, but they yeah. didn't do that. And you know, you know, then there's the other side of the argument that, that, you know, if, if they are really tr- if truly they are amateurs, then, um, why should they have to be penalized by sitting out? Uh, they should be able to go. Uh, I don't buy that argument. Um, and again, I I just don't see the negative of a, a student athlete spending a year to get better on his game if he does want to transfer. Uh, th- it's not it's there's 750 kids right now in the transfer portal, Crazy. so it's not like it's it's this uh, sitting out. A, and and right now, technically, all those guys for the most part, other than grad transfers, have to sit out a year. So it's it's not a deterrent as it is now. So I just think that guy transfers. Uh, he has to sit out a year it's good for your own roster management like I said and I don't know what trying to keep 13 guys happy with playing time who can all check into a game is going to be like you just can't do it and they're going to leave because they can't they're not they're going to want more minutes yeah. yeah well final thing coach uh and again a little off
1: the Fairfield track but I know it's of interest to a lot of our Fairfield fans uh, listening right now um uh, the Mac and Iona specifically making national news when they hired Rick Pettino. So I wanted to get your thoughts and reaction when you heard that one of your new Mac coaching rivals is a basketball hall of famer. And, um, has there been any communication as he reached out to you and other coaches or have you talked to him, uh, what's the, your reaction and uh, your relationship if there is one with Rick? Uh,
2: I think it's, it's, it's great that he's in the league. I think, um, you know, obviously, to have a Hall of Fame coach and someone of Coach Patino's stature just raises the level of of your league and and uh, your own competitiveness. You know, uh, to have coach in the league like that, so I think I think it's great. I think it's great for our league. Um, I think it's going to bring a lot of attention to our league, uh, which is which is a great thing. Uh, I, I I did not know Coach beforehand. Um, we had one coach's zoom call, as you can imagine, uh, about two weeks ago when he was on and I thought he was great. He was great. And, uh, complimentary of the league and the coaches. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I see no negatives to it whatsoever. a matter of fact, other than the fact that he's a really good coach, I'd prefer if they hired a really bad coach. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, make our jobs a little easier, but, um, I'm looking forward to, Getting to know a coach and and uh, you know having him in the league, I really am. I think it's terrific.
1: Well, uh, I want to give Joe credit for this. He anticipated that we would need two podcasts to cover uh, everything that needs to be covered. Uh, we and Joe nailed it. We've uh, we've almost got forty minutes here, and uh, we haven't even gotten into the roster and the returning players like Taj Benning and Jesus Cruz and so on and so forth. We want to talk about them next time around coach and, uh, give you a sneak preview of what we're going to ask you about. We're going to give you the opportunity to kind of evaluate their seasons and, and lay out the goals, uh, for them going into uh, next year. Uh, want to ask you about your, uh, your coaching staff, uh, and, um, make sure everybody is, uh, Okay, in that regard, everybody's responsibilities are intact and everybody is uh, doing well there. Uh, Joe, what other things uh, uh, did we not get to today and uh, we'll need to get to Well, I didn't
0: want to put him on the spot, so I'm going to kind of give him a little tease. Uh, next time we meet, I'm going to ask you about your long list of needs in terms of resources to be a winning <laughs> team next year. <laughs> so but, uh, you- think about that. And, uh, you know, what? Did, you went into, Paul, how long was your list? and some of the things, and I don't expect an answer on that, but you can, you can think about it for the next
1: session, next episode we have.
2: All right, yeah, sounds and, good.
1: And I, I kind of did a long-winded – I went around the, the circuit there by not getting specific. Your coaching staff is good, right? Coach Stewart, uh, yeah. Coach, Dewar, yeah, Coach every, Casey, Coach Sellers. Everybody's,
2: everybody's great. Everybody's spread out in various places right now. And, uh, you know, at – at, uh, coach Casey went back up. He's in the process of selling his house and moving down here. So he's back up in uh, really? Buffalo right now. And everybody's kind of spread out. We matter of fact, right before uh, we get, we got on to do the podcast, we had a, a zoom meeting with those guys that we, we do every day. So uh, they're great. And uh, you know, the the best part and probably should have said the best part about this year was being around those guys every day. Just how, uh, greater coaches they are and and even better people so that was really the best part of the year was being around my staff
1: well uh we've uh, enjoyed our uh, now first full year with you coach and uh i don't think any of us could have anticipated this would be the uh, the way we would start um in essence your second full year as a head coach but here we are and, and got to deal with it and there are much bigger things to work, you know deal with and and uh pray for as far as change is concerned but uh Glad to be with you through the magic of this technology. I can get used to this commute. I like this.
0: This
1: this was a pretty nice fringe benefit of it. But, um, Coach, thank you very much for the time.
2: And uh, we'll do it again uh, next week. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks for all your support this season. And stay safe.
1: Joe, thank you again. We'll uh, we'll be talking to you. Same time, same place right here. on the, uh, the home computers, as this will do it for uh, this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. As we've mentioned, we'll do it again next week, and we're going to take a specific look at how the Stags shape up personnel-wise, and uh, they have three new players coming in. Coach has already brought in a transfer out of Richmond, and a pair of freshmen coming in. So we'll be talking about them. We'll get in-depth regarding um, those Stags, and we'll even talk about next year's schedule, and I'm sure much, much more that will come up down the line between now and next week when we join you again on Open Court. So for Coach Young and Joe DeSantis on Bob Hichler. thanks for listening. Please take care of yourselves and take care of others.
0: The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.